You're listening to the Martial Arts Business Podcast with your host, Small Dojo Big Profits author, Mike Massey. Remember to go to martialartsbusinessdaily.com slash podcasts for show notes, transcripts, links to martial arts business resources, and more. Now here's your host, Mike Massey. Hey guys, this is Mike Massey, and what I'm bringing to you today in this 43rd episode of the Martial Arts Business Podcast is an interview that was done by a couple of my longtime clients and friends, uh, Bill Jones and Jason Keaton. Uh, Bill owns uh, Top Level Martial Arts in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio, and Jason Keaton is the owner and head instructor of Blind Fury Jiu-Jitsu. So, these two gentlemen are very accomplished martial artists and martial arts school owners. They're also very good examples of a couple of school owners who are uh, doing well during this uh, pandemic and subsequent recession caused by lockdowns and whatnot. And uh, they wanted to do this interview to share what they're doing with the rest of the martial arts business community, uh, other school owners out there, to hopefully help some other people weather this uh, this horrible uh pandemic and lockdowns and economic situation that we're dealing with. So as many of you know, um, I had set aside this podcast for quite some time and uh, haven't done much with it, although I still have people contact me all the time saying that they listen to the podcast episodes. You know, some people, you know, uh, tell me that they listen to them frequently, actually, um, which makes me feel somewhat guilty for abandoning the podcast. But I have other interests now and and uh, I have other professional responsibilities that are, um, you know, uh, keeping me from doing stuff like this, which is um, not really the most important thing professionally that I could do. But um, what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to come back um, and bring this podcast back, um, kind of uh, bring it back from, uh, um, I, don't, I don't know, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, being uh, dormant, let's just say that by bringing you some uh, some interviews with some different instructors and different people. And the reason why I'm doing this is, is obviously because of the pandemic. Um, I get contacted by at least one school owner a week who tells me that uh, they're shutting down their school or they're transitioning uh, into another career or something like that because of the pandemic and, and the economic fallout from that. And, uh, you know, it, it, it bothers me a great deal because uh, I know a lot of my own clients, my own coaching clients and my, and my personal coaching group, my private coaching group, um, are doing well. Um, some of them, you know, have, have not done so well. And those are the people who were new to the group or who were just getting started, who were running fledgling schools or people who hadn't completely implemented our, our systems yet that seem to have suffered the most from this, uh, this pandemic. Um, so if you want more information on uh, our coaching group and what we're doing in the coaching group, you can go to dojosuccesscoach.com. That is dojosuccesscoach.com. You can find more information there. I'm still doing coaching. I've always been doing coaching. I have not abandoned uh, that nor my clients. And I'm still available to people uh, for online coaching and also for one-on-one -on -one coaching if somebody is interested. Um, so, you know, visit the site if you want more information. Find out what we're doing right now. But uh, other than that, without further ado, I'm going to let you listen to Jason and Bill and listen to this conversation they had. And uh, hopefully it'll help you out in surviving this recession in your own school. So stay tuned. It's coming up in just a minute. Hi, everybody. This is Jason Keaton, and I've got with me today uh, Mr. Bill Jones. How you doing, Bill? Good, man. How you doing? Doing good. Living the dream. Uh, Bill, I know that we uh, know each other through 
uh, the martial arts Biz U thing. And uh, I would just say that when I first kind of got with Mike, he always pointed to you as like a great example of a BJJ guy that really embraced the small dojo, big profits method. Yeah. Um, yeah. I found his, his stuff years and years ago. Uh, I was actually just researching um, like rotating curriculums at the time. And uh, that's how I kind of got on with Mike. That was years. I mean, that was 2011, I think. So yeah. actually I ran my first school using his book a long time ago. Uh, and somebody just like had a hard copy and they just gave it to me. He's like, check out this book. And I, I, I really used it. But when I actually kind of got to work with him, he was like, yeah, just check out, check out Bill's stuff. So uh, Bill, this has been a tough year for martial arts school owners all over the country, maybe all over the world. Right. They can tell me. Yeah. Yeah. 2020, the year we never asked for. So what are, tell me, tell us, tell me some things that you have done this year that has helped you kind of, make it through this, this stuff? Well, it's, it's not even so much what I did this year as much as what things that I did to prepare for it. So, um, you know, and it, it's prepare for, you know, what I thought was just going to be like a rainy day, right? Like, right. Hey, the AC blows up on me, right? What do I do? I never for ever expected it to be, Hey, by the way, you are literally not allowed to open your doors for three months. You know, what are you going right. to do? Yeah. You know, sure. so, um, one of the things that Mike always talked about and uh, in his books and then, and, you know, in coaching and uh, that I always took to heart was to have how, how you, uh, the, the reason, I guess I should say, for having registration fees and what you do with that, that registration fee. And I, I think that a lot of people, I, and I don't know why, like they look at registration fees as kind of like a fake thing, right? Like, like, oh, you're, you know, it doesn't really cost $149 to get someone set up in your system or whatever. And that's not really what it's about. And, and I think, you know, Mike talks a lot about that. Just be honest with people. I would always tell everybody, Hey, you're paying $149, 100% honest. You know, a little bit of that goes to cover, you know, just kind of getting you set up in our system. But a lot of it goes into what we call our rainy day fund. And I was always able to give them an example. We had a tornado blow through Cuyahoga Falls for my sign off the building. I said, but because of the registration fees, we were able to immediately replace that sign. Right. You know, things like that or, or you know look around you notice everything looks really nice and new that's because we do registration fees um so you, you know and, and even today like we have mouthwash stations in our restrooms we have uh you know all kinds of amenities toothbrushes deodorant all that kind of stuff so just it's like general, fund, you know yeah just the and, general maintenance uh, on a school costs so much i mean just paint you know keeping mm -hmm. it clean cleaning supplies i mean especially i mean that really you know, I mean, every year we have to paint, we have to paint yep. every time, man. So exactly. And, uh, you know, like, it, it, I, and I'm just honest with people about how, how they're, you know, they're paying for it. Right. So I have no problems explaining to them where their money is going. And, and I think that when you're honest with people like that, they go, Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That's, that's generally like the end of it. They're like, Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, I'm not going to give them some, some BS answer like, Oh yeah definitely going to cost me $149 to take five minutes and put you in my CRM. Like, <laughs> like that's because you're doing it while you're talking to them, right? They're just like, yeah, what? nobody believes that. Right. Like that's not true. It's not anything. But when you tell them what you're actually doing with it, they're like, Oh, Oh, okay. Plus they get a free gee, you know, or free, right. Cause they're, they're technically paying for it with the registration fee. Yeah. You know, they get a gee, they get all kinds of stuff. So, uh, you know, they're fine with it. But what that does is it allows you to create a secondary fund. And then 
On top of that, I actually went above and beyond. There's a book that I recommend called uh, Profit First uh, by Mike Michalowicz. I might I might be pronouncing the. the That's right. I'm I'm a Profit First guy myself. Yeah, and and you know, and he goes even further with that, right? You have tax tax, and, and I'm not quite as in depth as him, but I actually have two funds, you know. So I have my my main, uh, you know, revenue fund where you know all the bills come in and out of on the daily. I have a savings fund where, you know, if I, if, you know, like a, a three pay period month or something, you know, I need to drop a little bit of extra cash to make sure I'm covering payroll. Um, and then I have a, a fund that I is actually kind of really hard to get to, um, you know, that like for that extra. Yeah. So, so I'm a big Dave Ramsey guy and he talks about having an emergency fund and, you know, we have an emergency fund for our school and our home. And that sounds exactly what you have, a rainy day fund, if you will. Yeah, for sure. And it's been monsoon and, season. And it was it was Mike's coaching that first got me into, you know, thinking about that because it's an easy thing to overlook. It's like, you know, you, you look at your, your account and you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, my expenses are X and I have X plus $2,000. I should be good. And it's like, it's very easy to make that $2,000 disappear if it's in the same fund as everything else. Right. And, you know, and you, you think, oh, well, I'll just build it back up next month. But the less you can touch it, the easier it is for it to stay and actually grow. So that was the first thing that I did, um, was just being prepared with that. And, and I tried to keep it over at least $10,000, um, both accounts, each one. So that's $20,000 in reserves. Um, and then when everything went crazy, I, I kind of took a bit of a risk, but you know, the stock market plummeted. Mm -hmm. So I took quite a bit of one of those funds and said, well, this is going to go back up, you know, and I kind of put a lot in there and I doubled my money. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. You know, I, I've since pulled it out because I'm not, I'm not usually someone who plays with stocks or anything, but like the minute I saw, I put about 7,000 in and the minute I saw that I, it was up to about 14, I was like, okay, time to take that back out. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna push it, right? Especially with at this time the election coming up and all that. And who knows how the market's gonna react to that? So uh, that helped a little bit as well. Um, and it, you know, I've had to do a little bit of furloughing for. So I started with definitely a very small dojo big profits method, but I've I've honestly grown larger than that, right? And, right. And part of that is choice. You, you know, like I I made the choice of making. A, less money myself and hiring a manager so that I could leave in the middle of the day and, and know that my leads are going to get contacted and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and I, I've had to furlough some guys or just kind of furlough some hours and, and uh, take some of that back on myself and then fall back on to some of my other skills with uh, like, cause I, most people know me as a jujitsu guy. Most people don't realize I'm also a third degree black belt in, in Shotokan and, and uh, Pukalan Kung Fu. And, and so I, I actually started a socially distanced karate class mm. to appeal to some of the parents who were scared to bring their kids into jujitsu. Mm. So and I do that a few days a week too. And that's brought kids back in. I, I haven't marketed it um, outside the, the school. It's only so far for kids who are in the school. Um, but, you know, those things, those things have helped me a lot. Um, you know, just having that rainy day fund was huge. Uh, and then the other thing is just appealing to my members um, and talking to them and explaining to them where we stand. And, and because of the 
type of environment that you build, um, you know, people actually care. And, uh, you know, my members, I gave them an option at the beginning. I said, look, nobody has to do this. You know, there's no way I can hold you to any kind of contract right now. I cannot fulfill it. I said, so if you want to get out, absolutely just tell me and I will cancel you. No problem. No questions asked. You know, once the government shut everything down, I said, but if you're, if you're capable, if, if, if you're able, and if you want to make sure that we're still here in whenever this ends, uh, you, you know, I'd really appreciate it if you consider just continuing to, to pay and we'll try to find a way to pay you back later, whether, you know, probably in the form of credit, you know, just like, you know, one guy's doing like a couple private lessons another guy's doing, you know, some people are just taking, you know, okay, well next year when everything's settled, you know, and you don't feel like you're going to lose, lose your butt on it, you know, maybe give us, you know, credit back those months to us during the summer or something. Right. And that's, that's kind of what I did. I basically said, Hey, if you stick with us, this is how we're going to pay you back. We, you know, we, we were closed down like a day and then I was on zoom. We did fitness classes and kind of like you, I mean, people, people, you know, I'm, I'm known for jujitsu, but I really, you know, I've done mixed martial arts and Kung Fu and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, with the kids, we did, we did some different stuff and, you know, said, Hey, when we come back, we'll do this. And that worked out yeah. pretty well for us. But I like what you're saying here is because, you're saying you had the rainy day fund uh, and you, you, you came from a small dojo, big profits kind of mentality. So generally that means low overhead, right? Um, yeah. And then, you know, you were able to adapt. That's, that's three big keys, I would say, um, that really kind of would separate maybe, I mean, I've had, I've had actually some success this last quarter. But I mean, would you say that are the three major keys that helped you? That would help you in any emergency. Yeah, and they definitely uh, normally would. Now, the one thing I didn't have was the low overhead. And the main reason was three months before COVID hit, I had just signed a seven-year lease on my new location. Right, I remember that. So, which which increased my, you know, my my uh, expenses, and uh, I kind of made a choice that I was going to. You know, everybody's going to do the same thing. So people were willing to keep helping me, I was willing to not go to my landlord and say, Hey, give me a break on this or something. You know, I wanted to just keep everything on the level if I could. And because everybody kept paying, I was able to, to pretty much do that. Um, but you know, it might've been a different story had, had, you know, things gotten drastic. You know, it may have been a situation where, you know, I had to break a lease or something like that, you know, to get out of it. But yeah, it's definitely something that needs to be considered as, you know, what is my overhead? Yeah. Um, and what's it going to be? You know, I know a place, I have a, a friend out in the Virginia area. So, you know, he, he went from making, uh, I, I think it was $43,000 a month to, you know, in his school to 18. And you know, that's huge. I mean, I they're done pretty much. You know, I, I don't think they're going to be able to recover from that. Sorry. That's, that's, that's over here. Yeah, they're over here. 10 or 11 grand a month and that's just too much that's way too much yeah I, I i've had you know i've talked to people that basically same situation i mean you know um their overhead i mean they they pay in rent almost as much as we make a month i mean it's just it's just massive but you know the problem is of course when a disaster hits you know things are going to shrink up they don't have an emergency fund they were basically spending their money or investing it or just you know kind of not not preparing and then 
next thing you know, this, this stuff hits and they can't afford, they can't afford the rent. It's just, you know, but I believe that's the the strength of the small dojo method, you know, is that it really helps prepare you. Cause I mean, I've, I've had friends lose their school in, you know, different parts of the country, you know? Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. And, and I've even talked to some of my, uh, you know, assist, I have an, an instructor training program I go through similar to what, I don't want to say it's similar to a black belt club per se, but it, you know, it's a 45 hour program that I put people through if they want to be an instructor in my school. Right. And, uh, before they can even be considered for it. And, you know, I've talked to them and, you know, some of them are interested in like having their own school later or having like, if I open a second one, I've told all of them, I said, look, there's never going to be another, I'm never going to open another one that is as big as this one. I would rather have, um, you know, cause I've got, I'm working on 300 students now. I, you know, I, and that's awesome, but it's a lot, you know, mm. I'd rather have a school with maybe 120 students that has a third of the overhead. You know, you're going to make more money and have less headache overall that way. That's hard to understand that at first. Yeah. And that is my choice. My choice is to have, you know, I, we have 130 students and it's just me and my wife and, you know, we hire some people to help with kids classes. And I just, I just don't want, I don't want any more than that. You know I mean? If I did anything, I would even go smaller. You know, uh, Mike's always talking about the micro dojo. I'd probably go the micro dojo route after this, you know. So in my, yeah. in my, in my years, as I get older, I'd probably prefer it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, and it's, it's a matter of what, what's sustainable when you're not around too, right? Like, so, I, I, again, I'm fortunate that I have a staff. But in the end, if I disappear as a human being, if I died tomorrow, it's unlikely that the staff could run the school and it's not even that they couldn't run it. It's just that I'm the school, right? It's, it's like yeah. an attorney's office. That attorney is the business, not, you know, you're kind of your business. And, and uh, until you get it to a certain level, that's, that's always going to be the case. So, yeah, I mean, you, you need to, to plan for exit strategies and stuff like that. And, and that's hard to do if you have giant overhead. Yeah, it's definitely hard to do. And, and then it's just, yeah. So let's talk about what can we do now? You know, we're living in, you know, we're living in the age of the pandemic. You know, COVID is going to last four more years. We don't, we don't know how long it's going to last. It keeps on going, keeps on trucking. So what, what are you recommending now? How we, how we, you know, cause we can't really quit marketing. I mean, that's our, that's our lifeblood. So what's stuff we could do to move forward and be successful in the age of COVID? So I put together uh, what I call a three-step marketing program. Um, and I mean, I guess, I guess you could technically call it four because step one is definitely keep marketing, right? Like when you say cut overhead, for some reason, marketing and, and ad spend is the first thing people want to get rid of. And it's like, no, there are so many other things you can get rid of beyond that. And, and I mean, there's so many amenities and things I used to do that I that I don't do the same anymore. Like I used to send every new person a copy of Jiu-Jitsu University by Sala Ribeiro. And that's awesome, but not now. I mean, I can't do that now. That's a $50 book. And it was an awesome, nice thing to do. But right now, we got to save that money, right? Like, I bet so, I love you for it. I bet that, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and, and if, if anybody's watching and doesn't, doesn't know, uh, maybe, maybe you run a karate school or a taekwondo school or whatever, that's just a very well-written very well-respected book in, in jujitsu. It's, it's, it's considered one of the Bibles of jujitsu. It's the book I recommend to my yeah. students. 
they say, professor, if I can get a book, I say, get jujitsu university. I mean, it's the, it's everything I like about jujitsu. Yeah. It's, and, and it's so well done. But a, anyway, um, you know, so things like that can be cut. Don't cut your marketing, <laughs> but, um, yeah, step one is I think people need to speak to their audience more and, and not only, uh, in how they're writing their stuff, but literally talk to your audience, talk to your students and find out why they're in your academy right now. And I think, and especially in jujitsu, I don't know about you, but everybody I know who runs jujitsu in my area has just seen an explosion of students. Yeah. Especially adult students. And a lot of them are saying very similar things. They just needed, they needed to get out of the house. They needed, they, they felt too lazy. They were getting too comfortable with being lazy yeah, and of course you've got some, and I'll address this in point two, but you've got some who just don't believe anything's going wrong, right? Like that we don't use in marketing, but there are things you can use like, Hey, are you ready to get out? Are you, you know, or for kids, you know, are your kids cooped up in the house because they're doing a lot of homeschool right now? Um, you know, are you feeling too comfortable with being lazy? You know, things like that really speak to people's emotions and the things that they need. You know, uh, they say that, you'll take action when, when your wants become needs. And I think for a lot of people, their wants have become needs because they were forced to do nothing for so long. Um, and, and that, that kind of brings me on to point number two, which is what I would call respect-based advertising. Um, so now that you know how your people are thinking and you've talked to them and you understand what they want, you have to figure out a way to communicate that that message respectfully in your ads because it's it's very easy to go out and be like hey you don't want to be like one of those losers who, who are afraid of everything like and if that's the, even if that's your thought process like you're going to need those other people later once all this ends you're going to want to be a respected business in your your area and that's not the way to have it happen you know like I, this is not how you would want someone to talk to you i don't think so i'm not going to talk to everybody else like that so just make sure that the way you present your ads, even though you're not talking to the people who are afraid right now, you're not also putting them down. Yeah, you're not alienating so, anybody for future. Exactly. Because you know, maybe they're afraid that they have a neighbor who they know is interested, right? They'll pass that info on to the neighbor or whatever. Marketing's weird that way. And we have a lot of people that they would they would be training, but they live with like an elderly parent. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just, it's not that they won't, they, they want to train. It's just, they can't right now. Mm -hmm. So it's, that's a, that's a big thing. So yeah, this is really good stuff. So please, please continue. Yeah, And, and so like, you know, like, it's kind of like you were saying, I, I just, I, I, anything I've written, I, I've said things like, you know, are you like, for example, are you ready to get out? You, you know, or it might, might just be the headline. Are you ready to get, get out and get moving again? If I, if I lead with that, which can be something of a divisive thing to say, you know, I'm also going to put in there, Hey, there's a lot of people who are worried, or I might even put in, you know, bullet points, things that I wouldn't normally say in advertising, which is, you know, like mats are sanitized, you know, after every single class, uh, you know, temperatures taken at the door, whatever it is you're doing as just like bullet points down, maybe at the end of your ad, or even in a PS section, um, to let people know that you respect what's going on. And yeah. I think that's important um, because it's easy for someone to just look at the headline and be like, oh, these people don't care. And then you get a bunch of negative comments. And 
And honestly, comments are comments. They don't really, they don't really hurt you as far as marketing. They're good, but they, they're going to make sure more people see your ad. But, it, you know, you need to make sure to address things politely. And, and that can sometimes be challenging, I think. Um, that's, that's a tone I've taken great care in trying to, to figure out. It's been very difficult in my area, area just because we have, you know, I'm, I'm close to a military uh, post. And, you know, thing is they're allowed to do certain things. I'm not allowed to do certain things. So, uh, you know, it's, it's been it's been tighter. Now it's a little bit better, I'd say. So basically what I've done is is I've shown that we are, you know, we sh- I've shown us being socially distancing and, you know, just two kids working together and everybody kind of spread out. And that's, you know, I've been real cautious and real aware of what I've done, but I've not stopped. I saw kind of stuff my Facebook ads, but I've not stopped posting and I've definitely not stopped my Google ads. So I've, I've done pretty well with Google ads. Cause what I found is that, you know, people are, people are still going to Google, Google me. Those are higher quality leads. So that really this last month has really paid off for us. And it, like you said, it was a lot of adult, a lot of adult uh, students. Yeah, and I think right now I've probably wasted a little money on Facebook ads. You, you kind of mentioned that, mainly because I think a lot of people have um, been distancing themselves from Facebook, and, and I would just say social media in general, just due to the political environment. Oh, um, you know, they're they're kind of tired of seeing everybody hating everybody, and so I mean, I have probably thirty friends who have just deleted their accounts and stuff, and and so, and I think those will come back as as political climates calm down and the election, you know, whenever it ends, <laughs> you know, it gets decided, um, you know, so we'll see that come back. But yeah, I, I find that, uh, especially in the last year or so, Google has been really, really strong and, and they Google has done a good job of streamlining their ad process too. Um, you know, if you, if you used it five or six years ago, it was it was very confusing to set up an ad. Now it's real similar to to Facebook. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's been great. I mean, this last month has really kind of shown us like we we got like a lead a day off Google, you know, and, but I think though that, you know, keeping people and I, you know, I I used to not believe like boosting posts and stuff like that helped, but I do believe like, you know, showing like good classes, showing people are out doing stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe not spending the money on the ads, but maybe boosting some posts. If you have like a good, Good post. Still showing people out there living life on, yeah. on social media. I think that's super huge, and I think that's encouraging to others. What do you What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think you're right. I think you know, like, so like I said, I have a socially distanced karate program. I do right, and the first day, those kids in that program were amazed because we have two mats now, and you know they're they're kind of separated by the one goes off towards the north, the other one goes off towards the 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 west, and they're in different rooms but you can kind of look through a door and see it and these kids were clearly amazed that there were other human beings out of their homes you know like and like this had been the first time they left their homes and i don't know how long and and you know it's like again you've got to be careful how you talk to people but i think it's also important that people see like they're not going to open the door and have a coronavirus monster there trying to eat them right like like they can be smart and they can, they can get out and, and into a, an environment where everybody is very respectful of the health and well-being of, of everybody else on their team. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's done in different ways. In that class, it's done socially distanced and they, we all wear masks and stuff like that. But in our jujitsu classes, 
let's be honest. I mean, we sweat into each other's eyes sometimes. Like, that happened to me today. I got a yeah. spicy, spicy drop of sweat in my eye. It burned. Yeah. I don't think I was eating poblanos or something before he came to class, but it was like, oh, it was like mace. Yeah. It's like, you know, you can't really socially distance that, you know? So, so the answer there is uh, being hyper, hyper aware and making sure that the people you bring in are hyper aware and hyper respectful of the health and well-being of not only themselves, but the people that they're going to be around. And uh, that brings me to kind of like my third marketing point, which is uh, offer longer term trials and at a higher price point. And I know that I know how valuable a a short term trial can be um, and how fast that can fill up a school. You know, if I wanted to fill up a school and maybe, maybe not in today's climate, but you know, any other time, I could easily offer a 30 day free trial. And within two weeks, there's going to be 99 people on the mat, right? Like right. how long are they going to stay? I don't know. But it, you know, the point is you can get them in the door. The, you, the downside, I, they stay 30 days. <laughs> so they 30 day free trial. They stay 30 days. <laughs> exactly. And, and uh, you know, the downside of that is if that's what it takes free is what it takes to bring them in the door. How much are they really caring about the health and well-being of the people who are there? And that's really big for me because right now, not only do I need to gain their trust as a business owner, like I'm, you know, everybody thinks a business owner is out to screw you over, right? Like, oh, why is this a one-year contract? It's like, it's fine. We'll talk about it. You know, you can get out of it. It's not a big deal. Um, But like, I need to know that when they come in, that they're going to not show up sick that they're going to be washing their geese and their belts and all that stuff. You know, I need to know that I can trust them to do the right things as well. And uh, that needs to be made real clear. And, and I think anybody who's willing to put 149, like I do six weeks for $149. If you're willing to put $149 down and you know, for, for the first six weeks, I think you're, that tells me something about how much you respect what it is you're doing, how much you want it to be useful to you. And I would rather have a slower growth back to normal, normal size than a real fast one that's maybe doesn't have people that care as much. And I think I don't even, I've never been doing trials. Even, even at the beginning of the year, we quit doing trials. What we found is that if they're serious, they're going to go ahead and sign up, you know, Mm -hmm. especially adults. I mean, kids, we can give them like a week or something like that, you know, and kind of make sure we do the 30 day guarantee and stuff like Mike. Uh, advocates anyway but the thing is it's like you know the the 149 seems like the best of both worlds because if they're serious um then they're then we're gonna know it pretty soon they're gonna put the 149 down right mm-hmm. uh, and then the other thing is too i, I kind of like what you said i mean to be honest with you i don't if they're not serious about my school anyway i mean i always say when uh we're bringing people into our schools like hey we're gonna see if this is a good fit but not just for you it's also for us Cause we have people come in and this just not, this, this is not the school for them and that's okay. You know, this not everybody's preference. You know, maybe they just want to do MMA and have death matches, you know, and fight in the Kumite, you know, to honor, you know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's not us. We're just trying to keep it, trying to keep it low key and, you know, kind of based on street and, you know, kind of the old, the old, the old jujitsu, like, you know what I mean? It's these old principles of it. So yeah. um, they want to do, you know, upside down um, collar sleeve or whatever the new single guard is probably not for you, you know? So we gotta, we gotta get a, a feel for that. But 
that's interesting that he's saying that, yeah, we got to make sure that they, you know, they are respectful of others and that they're, they're on board with this. Cause you, like you said earlier, not everybody believes this is real. Well, guess what? Some people do believe it is true, you know, cause people get Corona and they get, you know, they get sick or they could pass it on to others. So, you know, it's, it's kind of finding that balance with everybody. That's, that's really yeah. tough for, a, especially, you know, probably any martial arts school, but especially a jujitsu school. Yeah, and even if it's not coronavirus, just the flu. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be thrown up all day. Like, don't, don't, don't come and get me sick. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like, I need to make sure that these people are going to respect that. And, and, you know, if nothing else, coronavirus has, has given us even more ability to just be like, hey, you, why are you sneezing all over the place? Get, go take it a couple of days off, man. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's like giving us even more power to do that kind of thing and everybody's gonna be like yeah what are you doing and you're like, what are you doing man don't be here sick my favorite is they're like it's just allergies it's like well go take some freaking benadryl get off the mat get out of here man go take some zyrtec bro yeah, and i uh i even put out you know I, i'm big on videos for communication uh with my members um and uh you know I'll, i've put out many videos where i'm saying look you know it's allergy season i know you know but you can't come in. If, if you think it's just allergies, that's awesome. Take the day off. And if tomorrow you're better, then great. You know, it was just allergies. And you come in then. Like, um, yeah, it, it's it's just real important to to bring in the right people. You mentioned uh, signing people up day one, and, and I, I wanted to, to hit on that. And that's something that we, for us, a trial is a down sell. Um, so, like, we always try to, you know, sign them up just right full go and then like if, if they don't want to it's like well listen you know what's holding you back here and you know most of the time it's if it's well if it's not money which i can't really do anything about right they honestly can't afford it that's great i want a maserati i can't afford that either you know like that's just mm -hmm. the way it is um if, if it's not that then then usually it's a commitment thing and they're just afraid of commitment for some reason people have that natural ability especially right now right like what if you guys have to close again or what if you know it's not really a matter of if but when you know if someone gets coronavirus we're gonna have to shut down for a week you know like just to to make sure that you know to, to mind our people cues if you will um but that's when we we say well listen what we also do is the six-week trial it's 149 you know and and while we advertise trials you know we generally try to get people to sign up day one as well um yeah yeah, for the same reason, you, you know, it, it's it's that commitment, and and it's you know, Mike has said it many times in in his his books. You know, Chuck Norris wasn't built in a day, and you you need to make sure that people are in it to actually have reach their goals, and you don't get to goals without committing. That's fact, and I mean, it's like what you know, and I I mean, we we haven't been doing the trials, but I think you know, especially going in, you know, it's almost the first of the year already. You know, we're going to, we got our fitness classes too. So it's just like, we, we got to have some sort of trial situation. I mean, and I think what you're advocating is probably the smartest, probably the smartest way to go about it. It's like, maybe they could get it cheaper, but for us, like we don't need, we don't need fast growth anymore. We need steady growth. And we also know that we need serious students. I mean, when I had those lower, um, lower trials, like $19 for two weeks or whatever, I, I, you know, I kept some of them, but not as many, right? Yeah. So, you know, the higher the price kind of crept up, the more serious I seem, you know, they seem like because they're putting their money, putting their money where their mouth is. So I, I feel, I feel better about it. And then they, they, they show that they're more serious about it too, I think.
So kind of in, in kind of closing here, what, what are some things, you know, holidays are coming up, you know, what are some things you recommend beyond the advertising portion that school owners need to stay on top of? And if they're not doing, they should be doing. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, so, so to me, like beyond advertising with ads that are specific, just make sure you're putting content out there for people to see. And, and guys, it doesn't have to, like, I think a lot of people hold back because they're used, you know, you, you get on YouTube and you see like PewDiePie or whoever doing all these crazy things that are like, man, I can't do all that. I don't know. I'm not that creative. You don't have to be that creative. Take some videos of, of your school and, and people doing whatever it is you do. It's Taekwondo. It's Taekwondo. If it's karate, it's karate. If it's jujitsu, it's jujitsu. All of it, it doesn't matter. Um, but get that on, on there. And then also put some stuff that's just interesting and funny on, on your pages as well. Like I, every, I, I like to have what we call an engagement post. I like to do one to two a week and it it could be something silly. Like, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up. What's your favorite side? you know, your side dish or whatever. And, and what that's going to do is get people to engage with your page. And, and you'll be shocked at like, you know, you'll put up this real cool video of a dude doing a crazy move and it gets like a comment, you know, probably showing your own students making fun of him, right? Like if it's anything like jujitsu. That's how it goes. It's, you know, yeah, of course you did a wrist lock, you know, or whatever. But like you put up a thing about, hey, what, what's, your, what's your favorite band name? And oh my gosh, you're going to have like 700 comments on that. And yeah. that will bring engagement to your page and it'll, it'll show, Hey, here's who we are. You know, this is things that we, we are a community. We talk to each other about normal things. It's not just come in and beat each other up. And, uh, I think that's important as well. I got to write that down. Don't talk about normal things. Don't beat each other up. <laughs> that's, I'm, I'm so focused just on the, the art of it. I, you know, and I've, I've seen other people do that where they're getting just the, what's your favorite thing or what are you looking forward to or whatever. And I just, you know, it's, I'm, I'm not done it yet, but I didn't really have a reason. I actually learned, I learned from you right then. It's like, that's why you yeah, do I mean, it. it. And what it does is it messes with the Facebook algorithm. The more people who are commenting on your page, the more people Facebook or, or Instagram or whatever are going to show it to. And now you're, now you're in front of more eyes, you know, that that's just helps. Cause you know how it is. Like, you have 3000 likes on your page, you could put a thing up and it's like, it only gets shown to like 28 people. Right. You know, or, or maybe 40 days later, you know, 200 people saw it and without boosting it, that's hard. But if, if you're putting those engagement posts up, you're going to see those, all those, that engagement increase on all of your stuff. That's some good tips. Well, Bill, I definitely appreciate the time. And I would like to say that, I mean, I know that you uh, and, and myself as well are now we're kind of, um, moving to this, the, a little bit of the consulting side here, and yeah. um, so are you looking forward to doing some of that and helping others? Or I really am. It's something I really like. Um, it's something I've always wanted to do. I, I, you know, obviously, we're we, probably anybody in our profession kind of likes the idea that we're all teachers, right? And we mm -hmm. we enjoy passing information on to others and, and helping other people, and uh, that that's a big thing that. that I like to do and I wanted to get successful enough to do it. And when Mike approached me, uh, I was very honored by, by that because, uh, you know, he was kind of one of the guys I looked up to when I first started and I still do for that matter. I mean, I think there's a lot to learn about exit strategies and stuff like that, especially from Mike, like he doesn't have all his eggs in one basket. And I think that's important to see. And, uh, you know, from any business standpoint, you know, like 
Yeah. Even Bill Gates doesn't have just Microsoft, you know, like he's got more than that going on. And I think it's easy as an owner to, to get into that. But, but anyway, yeah, I'm looking very forward to, to working with, with some people and anybody, you know, if you have questions or whatever, feel free to ask me, you know, or ask, ask Jason, we're here for you guys. Sure. Um, we we want to help you. Yeah. That's why we're in it. You know, and the thing is, it's, it's very hard to, you know, get through some of these hurdles. But the good news is kind of once, you know, it's just like, you know, I have students that many can't get out of a position or whatever. It's just like, why don't you do what I ask you to do? And then they start doing it. And it's like, oh, is that easy? It's like, yeah, but it's still work, you know, but you got to have, you got to have the right path. You know what I mean? And that's the one thing I do like about the small dojo, big profits method is that it, it feels like the right is really like clear laid out. And, yeah. You know, uh, I, yeah. I think the best way someone described it to me is it's like baking a cake, right? Like, if you're missing the ingredients or put in stuff that doesn't belong, you're not going to have a great result. And, and I, I feel like small dojo big profits. Um, it, it's, it's those base ingredients you need to, to really get moving and, and, and drive forward with it and, and have it be something useful as opposed, you want the cake to be a cake, not uh, something else. <laughs> yeah. And if I cooked it, it would come out of something else. It would, yeah. Like, this is just some sludge. Good at business, bad at baking. I am not a baker. <laughs> All but right. I appreciate you having me on, Jason. Hey, I appreciate it, man. I'd like to do this again. Um, and guys, you know, uh, you know, hit us up in the group, like like Bill said. If you have any other questions, uh, we'd love to answer. Uh, Bill, you know, you're a guy that you know. I, I wanted to, you know, especially I started basically studying how you do stuff. Uh, when Mike told me about you, so. You know, it's an honor to be on this podcast with you. It's an honor to be in the consulting thing with you. Yeah. You've been listening to the Martial Arts Business Podcast with Mike Massey. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And if you've enjoyed this show, leave us a positive review while you're there. Thanks for your support. And tune in again next time for more great martial arts business tips and advice from martialartsbusinessdaily.com.